Headquarters to all units. Headquarters to all units. All units stand by for on patrol with the PPD. Airing now on WTBR 89.7 FM. Ah, good morning. You're listening to WTBR 89.7 FM, Pittsfield Community Radio. And uh, the program you're listening to is On Patrol with the PPD, uh, our weekly show. And uh, we are pre-recording because we're, we're, we're dealing with some sh- staff shortages. Is that, is, that, is that how we can say uh, we it? we got a few vacations, yeah. you know. Some people are back, <clears throat> me, and uh, <laughs> some... Some are out. So it's, uh, we're actually recording on, uh, what's today, Tuesday? Tuesday the 24th. I don't even know what day it is. So Tuesday the 24th, but this will be, uh, you're going to be listening to this Friday morning at 9 a.m. And uh, we're just going to talk about whatever. But I think uh, one of the most pertinent things we can talk about is Tropical Storm now. Is it Henri? Right? So uh, so while you're, you're uh, getting our intros there. Yep. There and I'm mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. playing with the cameras a little bit. Are you? Because are you zooming? Right you're zooming now, in I, right on the captain. Well, I got to uh, zoom in on him, and I got to get back to. Uh, so joining us uh, our patrol captain Matthew Kirchner and our newly acquired uh, uh, officer. Officer, is it what's your first name? Matt. Matt. Yeah. Matt Matthew uh, Farnham and uh, Matt comes to us from Abington. Abington, way way out south east. Boston. Yeah, South Boston. He doesn't have the Boston accent, but he definitely doesn't sound like he's from the Berkshires either. So, but uh, Matt was born and raised in born and raised Lee. in Lee. Yeah. Went to Lee High School, and then uh, moved out to South Boston in 2018, and then now I'm back. Hmm. Where yeah. year did you graduate from Lee? 2015. Okay. Yeah. Cool. The Lee boys. Yeah. The Lee boys. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Do you have What's your nickname? <laughs> Farnham. That's it. You kidding what me? What are you saying? Because everyone yep. in Lee has they a nickname. All have That's one. exactly what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. No, you can, do you have you one You can't of those? live in Lee without a no, nickname. That's right. One. I haven't been given one That's yet. Right. I'm sure and, that'll change. And everyone in Lee is proud. I, I, I do appreciate that. But do you have one of those Wildcat stickers on no. the back of your vehicle? Because no, that seems not. to be a... No, very prominent thing in Lee. Everyone in Lee has one, <laughs> but me, I guess. Well, you will soon. Yeah, no, yeah I don't think you will so. soon. <laughs> so, uh, Captain, um, maybe we can touch base on. Uh, we were talking about Hurricane Henri, which has turned into a tropical storm before it hit us, thankfully. And um, there was a lot of planning, you know, as you said, that went into uh, the emergency preparedness of what we thought was going to come or what was a possibility that was going to hit us. So if you want to just touch base on a little bit of that. Um, yeah, so, so a storm like this has a, obviously has a major impact on the city and, uh, you know, the roads and the travel and the emergency response system. Um, you know, well in advance of this storm, city officials, state officials, MEMA, everyone starts tracking it, following it. Um, I partook in several state-level and, and local Zoom calls with with department heads, you know, DPW, the mayor's office, uh, finance, uh, fire, emergency management, all all those all those different divisions get together. Everyone comes up with a master plan, you know, to you know all the what ifs and possibilities and what we're going to do to implement and uh, you know try to keep the roads passable, keep them safe, and, and keep all the first responders safe and in a in a storm of that caliber. Um, you know, our, our power companies, the gas company, they have their own protocols in place. They, they open a storm operations center. And, uh, you know, we work real closely with them, with our DPW and our, our fire partners and EMS to, you know, keep the roads open, try to keep as many people off the roads as we can. Obviously, you know, the standing water and the flooding and, and things of that nature and down trees become real dangerous, power lines down, things of that sort. So all of that planning goes into, into effect well in advance in this storm, as everyone probably saw, took took a lot of different turns and and was continuously evolving so it was you know a lot of planning and and changing and adapting as the storm adapted so you know that started like i say that started early on as early as friday with with department heads and planning and you know saturday and sunday i know i spent most of my weekend changing and adapting and you know on zoom meetings trying to reallocate resources and make sure that we had 
the best possible service for the community and, and to keep people safe. And people probably, you know, viewers and listeners who aren't involved probably don't realize <clears throat> the extent to which, um, you know, we have to, public safety has to prepare. Um, so it's, you know, it's good to have you on to kind of just kind of some talking points on, you know, the, the numerous meetings that are, are involved and, um, you know, the, the preparation, staffing. Um, I know we didn't bump up any staffing. Um, you know, we're, we're set up where we're fairly um, used to doing that last minute if need be. But I know the fire department has some extra personnel out there. Yep. Um, you know, I always kind of feel for for dispatch in, in these types of situations. I've been in there when there's a, a bad storm, and it's just, you know, the, the, the phone is extremely active. Um, and, you know, fortunately, we uh, we didn't get to the point where we, need to, we needed to, uh, you know, have any kind of a large response, but we yep. were ready. Yeah, and that, and that's part of the planning process. Uh, you know, they, the sheriff's department, uh, in, in talks with them, their dispatch center, they did bring a little bit of additional personnel in. Uh, you know, they handle most of the county's smaller communities, so they, they had additional resources there and ready. Um, that was one of the things we talked about in one of our meetings is, you know, are we going to ramp that up? Are we going to have a fourth, you know, dispatcher come in to kind of handle that overflow or at least provide some, some relief and breaks to the, the, the traditional complement of dispatchers? Um, you know, they were included in some of the meetings. I know one of them uh, dialed in for one of our meetings just to get an update, so they were part of that process as well. Um, but it, But it's always... You know, planning, even down to, you know, are we going to lower the levels of some of the lakes, the water resources we have? I know the DPW had uh, the water department in helping them out. You know, they were clearing storm drains ahead of time, checking problematic areas before the storm hit, you know, trying to get ahead of that and try to do the best we can to mitigate some of the expected issues. Yep. Well, we hammered that. <laughs> but, that but that storm didn't, you know, thankfully Listen, that... Was Thankfully, that storm didn't turn out to be what it was planned to be for us. Uh, you know, there was, unfortunately, there was some significant rainfall. And, and you know, not just that storm, but even even look at the damage in Tennessee Yeah. previously. You know, it, uh, you know they, they anticipated on the worst side of the scale, you know, possibly 10 inches or more rain out of this storm. That would have been catastrophic for a lot of the community. The, uh, so, this, this morning there, Al Roker was talking about uh, that they're possibly calling that like a thousand-year storm. Yeah. But that's not... It's it's not over because the, with climate change now they're seeing storms similar to that in other parts of the country. So it seems like uh, we're going to be getting more and more of that. But we just, you know, I, you wonder if the infrastructure is going to be able to to deal with all that. Yeah. The um, one of uh, a friend of mine that um, is involved has an excavating and landscaping business was telling me that. Uh, you know, a lot of his business this year has been, I'm trying to figure these cameras out, has been, um, you know, drainage issues. Because of all the rain we've had, you know, everybody's calling up and it's not so much, you know, pavers and foundations and septic systems yep. this year. It's yep. drainage and, you know, correct, Plan, correcting for the, the next problems. storm. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yep. So it was nice to see that there was very there was minimal emails and contact going back and forth in regards to road closure or storm damage and i think uh what was that dan casey was only closed for a day yeah, yeah. Two yeah. Days? they uh, they day, closed they yeah closed so that the, wasn't the water was up over the road the water was at the road edge at the beginning of the storm so yeah. so we knew it was going to be an issue uh, but it opened much quicker than i expected and we really you know other than some minor issues i, I think we were very fortunate in this one but again these are these are the types of events that we look at it, we review it, we, we have an after-action meeting most times. We'll, we'll take some best practices from this and, and implement it going forward. I think a lot of people were, were kind of thinking back to Superstorm Sandy and Irene. because You know, those are the most recent memories of, you know, impacts on, you know, Bercher County, Inland, you know, southern Vermont. Yep. It got hit hard. Um, so it's... You know, you think about those storms and the impacts. So it's, um, and that was, and that was maybe what four inches of rain. Yeah, well, no, if that, if that, if that, when when the flooding 
happen? It was. And, and you're talking 10 inches down in Tennessee? Yeah. Well, well they had, yeah, and even more in some areas. Mm. Well, we were fortunate. Yeah. You know, not everybody was. Uh, you know, I. What did it? It came ashore right by uh, like Musquamacate, right? Oh, is that where it did? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That Connecticut, Rhode Island kind of border is where it came ashore and then uh they said thankfully it, because it got a, a, a the uh the low that was in the jet stream or whatever came it, it uh cooled it right down and yep. dropped it down to 70 miles an hour yeah so turned it into a tropical storm yeah so i i mean i imagine some of those coastal areas in connecticut rhode island they still got wallet pretty good and i know there was some heavy rain you know as, as far east as, as new york um but we were you know fortunate here in in berkshire county Yep, and in Pittsfield. So, mm. we well, want to get into uh, Let's switch Officer, gears. Officer Farnham there. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> tell we, us everything. We won't even just tell let's, us everything. Let's start from the beginning. Start from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you're born in Lee. Born in Lee. Yep. And like, would you? What were your activities in school? Would you like doing growing up? I played football, um, baseball growing up. Stopped playing baseball. It's very good at it. I shouldn't have stopped. When did you stop? Wait. Um, it was freshman year of high school. Yeah. I was a pitcher. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Pretty good one. But hey, uh, there's an adult league. You can, you can jump in there. You uh, can always pick it back up. Yeah, I could. I could, but I don't know. Right now I'm buying a house and getting married, and I don't really have time to go and play baseball. A couple of de- uh, de- detectives, I can't even talk today, a couple of our detectives play in the adult league. So. Yeah. See, Maybe I'll meet up with them. See Detective Losa, Detective Murphy. Yeah. You always you always need to find time to unwind and yeah. relax. It's not baseball or softball? Baseball. Really? Yep. yep. I thought they were all softball leagues. Yeah, no, there's uh there's yeah. a men's there's an adult league. They're yep. they're very competitive. Yeah. Mm. They're yeah. very competitive. What do they play with other teams around Berkshire County? Yeah, it's like yep. five or six teams in the county. Hmm. Yep. So Maybe I'll get involved in that. Yeah. Interesting. Fun Extracurricular. Yeah. There you go. So uh, you went to Abington. <clears throat> yep. And uh, when did you join that department? Uh, it was December of 2018. Went to the academy in, I don't know, 20, early 2019 and then graduated on my birthday. Which academy? Oh, that was nice. Uh-huh. Which academy did you did you attend? Reading. And how many weeks was that one? Uh, six months. 24. Kay. And so you graduated in from the academy when? 2019. 2019. When did uh, uh, Officer Lytell? Didn't she go? Did she go to Reading? No, she was at the um, North Shore Academy in. Uh, oh, I thought she ended up going to Reading. Okay. Is it Lawrence. It's up by Lawrence. Yeah. I think there's one in Lawrence. Um, at the. Uh, it we was actually the. the it was based at the community college up there. So we have we haven't sent anybody to Reading in a while. We have not used the Reading Academy in, in quite a while, just, yeah. just because of the distance from us. Yeah. Um, we you know we, we try to use the Springfield Academy, or or if we can get something as close as possible, that that's usually our goal. Where's hmm. the the other closest one from Springfield? Uh, other than well, well, we use Springfield. You got, uh, well, you got Springfield Police. You use Randolph. They have um, their own. Yep. But uh, so you graduated there. You worked in Abington full-time. What shift were you on in Abington? Uh, I started on the 8 to 4s. I did that for about a year. And then just under a year, I was on the 4 to 12s. Did they Excellent. have an FTO there? Yeah. Okay. They did. Yep. It was, uh, they are understaffed, to say the least. So um, the FTO program was shortened, but they still had one. Yeah. Now, how big of a department is Abington? Uh, staff for 32, we were probably running 20 or so. Okay. Uh, tw- around 20,000 population. Yep. So, borders, uh, Brockton, Weymouth, I don't know if you guys are familiar yep. so with any of those. so it's a little less than half the size of Pittsfield. Yep. So, it's sta- staffed with 32 sworn? 32 well, sworn, yep. But only 20 were active? No, we only had 20, because we were understaffed. So, they, they're, they're supposed yeah. to be staffed for 32. All right, okay. And then we only were running 20. So just you're running stuff. about two thirds, yeah, just about in Abington. So that oh. means overtime. It doesn't lots give you a lot of bench strength. Lots, lots of lots, lots of overtime. Lots of overtime. That would Triples, be yeah. That that's kind of like us running in the 60s, which would be yeah. Oh, that would be tough. Yeah, it would be thin. 
We were um, close, weren't we? So, so you decided you were going to move back to the Berkshires. <laughs> yep. I uh, decided probably five, four months ago. Yep. And then uh, went through the process of the transfer. And then yep. now I'm here. You came out ahead of time. You got to kind of see the department, check yep. it out, talk I, to some people. Yeah, I did a, a ride along with uh, Officer Betters and then uh, finalized it on the 19th was my first day. And Excellent. then the 25th was the first day on the road. So, and you've been here a little over a month, or about a month. Yep. Um, and it's it's early on, so it's you know, I understand it's a a short time to view the department, but but what do you think so far between here and uh, Abington? Now tell the truth. <laughs> Don't uh, worry about the captain. <laughs> no, I no, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I like the population size here. I've always wanted a bigger department. Um, the guys are all cool. I, I find as though here, even though it's, we go on, you know, I don't want to say more dangerous calls, but, you know, we have a higher call volume. Yeah. Um, I feel safer here than I did when I worked in Abington because there were times where we would be, you know, two patrolmen and a sergeant and we'd get two domestics in a car accident. So you got to, you know, work the domestic by yourself. And that wasn't, I don't want to say that that was common, but it wasn't uncommon. Yeah. So how, how many yeah. patrolmen on the street? Or, yeah. how, you know, how many? So you had two plus a, a supervisor yeah. at all times. Any time, was there more? No, no there was. Well, there, we went through probably two months where we were staffed. We, and I was working day shift, and we probably had five patrolmen and two supervisors, but that only lasted. And then people left, and then similar gotcha. to here, I'm sure. People yeah. leave yep. and, um, but when I first when I was on FTO, speaking of the FTO program, uh, it was me, my FTO, and a supervisor for twenty thousand people. Yep. So you and your FTO were in the same car or separate car? Same car. Okay. And yeah, so. Uh, so we were we were it. They gain experience fast. Yeah, yeah, you so. get. It, but it makes it hard. It makes it's it hard. It's like the old Lanesboro days. It makes it hard. Yeah, and I. I Officer Derby and I both came from a smaller department, and uh, so we know what that's like to either be the only person working or working with one other person. Um, and that's no bash to Abington at all. No, that's, that's how it is. It's a lot of small towns. A lot of smaller, a lot of smaller communities work yeah. like that. I don't think the public realizes that. Um, but you know, there are those times that you're the only person left when right. someone calls the police, or you know, all resources are committed, and you have to start kind of triaging calls, yep. and, and you may have to put a non-emergency or a non-essential call to the back burner, and address a more, you know, pressing call or something that has a higher priority level first. Right, but you run it. You run into the issue of, you know, can you put, can you put all of your effort into a call when you have other calls that you have to handle, such as a domestic or something of that? There's a lot of resources and a lot of tools that you could give the victims, but when you're at a domestic and then you got to go to another domestic and then after that there's a car accident that's stacked as well, yep. you know, it cuts it short and I think that's the problem that you run into with, you know, small communities or just understaffed police departments in general is that you can't really express those, yep. you know, um, yep. answers to the, to the victims. Yeah. Good, uh, good insight. Yep. For somebody's, you know, a couple years on, I mean, yeah, you learn quick, you know. You only have, you know, 28 years left. Yeah. Well, not really. <laughs> oh, you got military? Like, well, I so I'm, I got on when I was 21. I believe it's 57 that you can retire at, 50, the minimum age. 55. 55. So even so, I got to do 30. So he, I think it changed, though. I think it, yeah, I think I think it, it changes. Think it changes. Oh. So I... <laughs> I have to oh. do. So you'll have 36 so, then. Yeah, you'll have to do, have to 36. do 36. So I have to do 34, because I started at 21. Yep. Yep. And I'm I'm in the same boat as Officer Derby. So. Oh my God. I heard they were doing 34 a, when I go. Weren't they doing a? Uh, I don't know if it's because of COVID or they were doing like a no. buyback for three. There's years. There's some proposed and, ideas. There's yeah. there's a lot of proposed ideas and bills, but uh, you know to have those gain traction and yeah. go anywhere, it, it's yet to do that. But. Uh, you know, but as you said, like the hiring, it's a lot of places are seeing a shortage or a, or the difficulty in hiring. Um, you know, given the uh, the global climate and the view on police in our country, we're seeing that locally now too with that challenge of. Uh, you know, we used to have 
vast numbers of, of people taking the exam every oh, yeah. year, taking the test, getting on the list. You know, we had a, a big candidate pool to choose from, and, and you've seen that kind of shrink in the last few years. Um, folks are changing different different career options now, and they're choosing different <coughs> paths, and so we're we're kind of in the same boat. We've got some vacancies now that we're working on filling, um, but but we're not seeing that large number in that and that candidate pool of, of exam test you know test takers. So we've we've put several media blasts out over the last I don't know year and a half, two years, uh, looking for lateral transfers like like yourself, um, you know officers that are maybe in a little bit larger community, a little smaller community looking for a change looking to to come to the area or maybe they're they're in a surrounding community and uh you know trying to add them to our our ranks it's it's a plus for us because we can get somebody in usually that is full-time academy trained we can save that six months of academy time maybe they come with a little bit of life experience because they've spent some time on the street so they bring a lot it's a lot of value-added service to us and it's a resource we can use right away we don't have to wait you know 12 18 months to get them through all their training get them on the street and get them to the point where we can work them as a solo car and we've and we've talked about that in the past you know especially you know in depth with the chief about how long it takes and you know are other states similar to that where it takes probably close to 18 months um not I know some, so like Florida, I think you got to go to school. you gotta, yeah. you got to do all kinds of so, stuff. You know, I, I think it, it runs the gamut. I think there's some that it's more, some that it's less, and some that it's about the same. You know, it all, yep. it all depends on yep. the training. I've And then some, uh, like Florida, I think it's just one academy, if I, if I remember yes, correctly. Yes, it's, it's a, just, a post system for the state, similar yeah. to what Massachusetts is going to. Uh, you know, and with police reform, we're seeing a lot of change there. So mm. we're kind of adapting to some of these changes. If the chief was here, he would speak to his time at the post because he's been quite consumed by post decisions and post discussions and you know there's a lot of changing and adapting in this world that we live in now as far as the way our system works and the rules we have to follow so you know as police officers we're seeing a lot of that change and it's some of it's coming you know almost daily the way we did things for many 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 years and decades is now changing and and our training standards are changing and and that's not always easy to quickly adapt to either so it's a there's a steep curve of learning there it's um most of it is good or you know good for the profession some of it's frustrating um you know just because it's added um you know it, it, it it's a lot of administrative work it's a lot of you know to implement you know, to be up to date, implement, train on, on new rules, standards, uh, expectations. Um, so it's there's a lot going on, but yep. Um, I think know. I think a lot of positivity and a lot of good change is going to come as a result of it. I think it's going to help us, you know, and it's going to make our jobs easier once we iron out some of these wrinkles. It'll it'll definitely make things different. Sure, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, as long as that you know, again, you know, like I talked about it. Or like I stated, that you know, that change—it's not always easily uh, adapted uh, or adaptable, right? So it's—it's it's nice that it's not nice, but I mean, it's—it's it's, although it may be rushed, you know, to get that post commission out there and name you know all the the members, but they're not rushing uh, into you know making all these vast decisions that that you know need time and you know need to be muddled over and and uh, gone through and, and picked apart and, you know, because it needs multiple eyes. So you see some states that just jump on the bandwagon and boom, hey, you know, we can't do this, you know, but don't realize yeah, they're, they're and understand just the precaution. Like we're oh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. But we've, we've been, uh, Massachusetts has been ahead of the game, you know, that, that I mean, I've 22 years, you know, I've seen a lot of other states and people call you and say, hey, you know, what, what, you know, well, what about this? And what about, you know, how, you know, how do you think that situation? I'm like, well, you can't do that in mass, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there was a lot of things that we can't do here that you can do, you still can do in other states. Um, yeah. You know, and I, you know, politics aside, you know, I, somebody made those decisions from, you know, from the very top and. You know, I think they're so they they have some more adjusting to do. 
Yep. Uh, I believe more than what we have. But yeah, I think we've talked about it on this show, you know, quite a bit in the last, you know, year about how you know, our perception is that Massachusetts, we're, I know we're going through some changes, but we're not going to, it's not going to be as impactful as it is in other states because we have been very progressive. And I think our department within Massachusetts has been uh, pretty progressive as well. So, I mean, you know, think about, you know, some of the the things that we've done throughout the years, um, you know, one of the first departments in the state that have school resource officers, um, you know, one of the first departments in the state more recently to have the bowler wrap. You know, we talked about that. Yep. Um, you know, well, I think it helps. Week. It, it just certainly helps. Little things like that. You, you know? know, having, uh, um, you know, a training officer that's, you know, obviously at the, you know, she's at the academy all the time. So she's, you know, kind of up, up to date on everything, all the changes that are coming down and what the changes are, you know, that constant changes towards their academic, you know, learning at the academy. So, you yeah. know, to bring that back, it's kind of, it's kind of huge yeah. and beneficial. Well, yeah. the, I mean, Don, obviously you're talking about Officer Gaynor and, and not only is she at the academies and up on some of the changes, but she's also on some committees. So, you know, in those committees, she's part of that decision-making process, similar to, like, what Chief is doing now <coughs> at, at post. Yep. So, you know, we have personnel that are, are in positions where they're able to have some input on, you know, this, this transition and, you know, what, what the new rules, policies, procedures, training standards are going to be. So, yep. um, you know, and if you, if you talk to the chief, that's, I mean, that's when he puts his trainer's cap on, that's... That's kind of his forte. That's where he loves. He lives in that environment all the time. He's, you know, he's a trainer. He's always had his hand in training, so he's he's very excited. You can see it when he talks about the post. He's he's passionate about it. He wants to make positive change, you know, for the Commonwealth and and for the community. So, you know, between that, Officer Gainer's, you know, position with with a lot of the training that she's doing at the academy and and at the local level, it's uh, you know we can only benefit from it. That's for sure. Well, the, you have that benefit that a lot of smaller departments don't, you know. Truly, Again, you know, we, we, we spoke about Lanesboro. I mean, although it's right next door and, we, you know, the communication is usually pretty good between smaller departments and, and within in, in Pittsfield together. But, you know, they're, you know, lacking resources. They're lacking funding. And, you know, it's not uh, as robust, um, you know, of, of a department like it is here. So, you know, we have we have that ability. But. You guys had the clinicians, too, which is huge. When I did my ride-along, we had to use those. I did it for four hours, and you, we had to use them twice in that four hours. And I went back. I actually went back to Abington, and I said, listen. I spoke with my, my supervisor, and I said, listen, this is what I saw. That Like, you guys need this. You know, there's mental health problems are everywhere. It's not just in Pittsfield. So I, I brought that back, and he was like, oh, but that's the problem you run into that you were talking about is that, can you afford something like that? Is that something that you could bring in when you're already short-staffed, like that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. and, you know, speaking of first, that's another first. I think we were very progressive in the development of that co-responder program. I'm not, I don't think it was the first in the state. I may be wrong, but it's among the first in the state. So, yeah. anyway, we're, we're getting off off of the, you know, the well, officer farming. Yeah, we started talking about it. <laughs> but that's but, all right, though. That's all right. Yeah. But we are at, uh, you know, 29 minutes after, so okay. we're not going to do the weather. No, no weather. Because it, it looks great. It may, the it, weather it, looks great. On Tuesday, it does. When this airs <laughs> on Friday, hopefully it's uh, still The is. sun is starting to come back. So yeah. we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, you're listening to the um, WTBR 89.7 FM, Pittsfield Community Radio. Um, and we'll be right back. Support for WTBR comes from Greylock Federal Credit Union, proud to support high school arts and sports programs to help our community thrive. Greylock Federal, with locations throughout the Berkshires and online at greylock.org. And from BeFair. BeFair is one of the largest premier human service agencies in Berkshire County. If you're looking for services for a loved one or are interested in caring for the people we support, visit BeFair.org today for available opportunities. 
Support for WTBR comes from Sandrini Enterprises, providing awnings and canopies in western Massachusetts. Retractable awnings, retractable screens, gutter and gutter protection systems, commercial awnings, and screen rooms. Customized solutions available online at Sandrini.com. UCP of Western Massachusetts is hiring. If you'd like to help people with different abilities lead independent lives, apply at ucpwma.org jobs. We need direct and living caregivers. Join the agency who's reimagining independence. Support for WTBR comes from Berkshire Community College. BCC offers more opportunity and less student debt with small class sizes and more than 50 academic programs to choose from. Fall classes begin on September 7th. Apply today at berkshirecc.edu. And from County Ambulance, providing quality, professional, efficient medical care and medical transportation services to the citizens of Berkshire County. Online at countyamb.com. All right, welcome back. And again, uh, this is on patrol with PPD, listening, uh, and it's going to be simulcast, right? Simulcast. Simulcast on WTBR, 89.7 FM, Pittsfield Community Radio. We appreciate uh, their facility, their assistance um, to help us on a weekly basis to get, you know, important stuff out there and and, to have, uh, you know, some great talks about other things going on in the community. very, very um, flexible with us just on yeah. this show. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, we weren't going to be able to do this on Friday, and we didn't want to go two Fridays in a row without, you know, a, a fresh show. So um, they got us in, you know, less than a day's notice into the studio. Yeah. To, yeah. They just squeezed us into the schedule and said, come on in. So, so off air, we were talking about, um, are we done with Farnham over here? No, we'll go back to we'll, him. We'll go, go back ahead. to him. We'll keep so we, uh, we started talking about uh, school. School is open next week. That's crazy how quick it went. Yeah, school's back next week. It's, uh, you know, it's coming. <laughs> summer's, summer's over for the so, kids. So the big news yesterday, or maybe it was the day before, um, mask mandates for all public schools. Yeah. Uh, D-E-S-E. In the state. In the yeah. state, yep. So the yeah, Department of Elementary and Secondary, Secondary yeah. Education has, has mandated masks. So We have yeah. quite a few which, private schools. Which, to be honest with you, it makes it much easier, I think, for yeah. our superintendents because they were all doing the juggle, trying to, you know, satisfy everyone. and uh, The school committees, yeah. So you know, the superintendents now, it's, and now committees. it's not such a political football. It's just a decision from the state, and we can move forward. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, with that being said, school's back, so... Reminder to all our listeners, take a little extra time in the morning and in the afternoon. Don't rush. If you got to get to work, leave a few minutes early. Watch out for the crossing guards and the school buses, and let's make sure we're stopping for the buses and keeping that extra eye out for the kids. More, you know, especially the first couple of weeks when the new bus drivers are learning different routes or old bu- older bus dri- veteran bus drivers are learning new routes. So they're going to be stopping and starting and turning around. And Speaking of bus drivers... Um, and news, it was, I think it was on Yahoo or something within the last couple of days, maybe a week, there was a an article that highlighted the shortage of bus drivers oh, okay. throughout, throughout the country, actually. I'm not sure how that may have impacted. Nothing's, the field or, nothing's or, safe or from the job shortage. Yeah. From no, worker, I, worker shortage, I should say. So, you know, hopefully they are fully staffed and, and they're able to get back and, you know, contribute to... Um, hopefully a, a normal school year you know i know the the masking is is not necessarily normal but um at least you know getting into the routine going to school live classes all that i know a lot of a lot of kids are excited about it. i even talked to a group of kids in front of the station this morning that were you know i asked them if they were ready for school and they said you know they don't want to wear masks but they'd rather go back to school and wear a mask than do the remote learning again and not be able to see their friends and interact and be in that classroom environment so it's it's a challenge but there's you know they're excited to go back and like everything they're the children will adapt they're yeah kids, kids are pretty resilient i think the parents have a hard time adjusting more than the kids do a lot of times right. so so how did how did pittsfield do it during the the heat of covid so abington they split their students they would do i believe it was into threes so some students would go Monday, Tuesday, another group would go, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday. Well, for several months they went um, almost three-quarters of the year, right? They went fully remote. They went September. They did. They're, and then October came and... 
So they did a few things. They they had a virtual academy. So um, and this wasn't right away. I think this was. You know, when the pandemic started, we were talking, you know, March of 2020. Um, everything shut down. It really, I don't, I don't think we really got back to school at all that year. We, they may have gone back a little bit, kind of a part-time thing. Yeah, I thought it was half, just a little like, bit part-time. Like half day, like one, yep. one, one group went back the first half of the day and the second. Because I remember that in September, they had to, they were only doing like half days. Yeah, so then, then there was summer, summer of 2020, and yeah. then they went into that hybrid yeah. along with, you know, they had a, a, a pretty sizable enrollment in the virtual academy. And then... Um, Which many kids just finished out the year rather yeah. than bouncing back and forth. Yeah. You know, and then, so beginning of this year, um, they were still fully remote. You know, the, the, a lot of the issues that we had were the kids, you know, Wi-Fi. They couldn't log on or just the bandwidth itself. You yeah, know, yeah. Um, several, you know, the schools were having issues with the amount. Of, and then it was the hacking, you know, kids getting, you know, uh, adults getting into the to the uh, classrooms themselves, the virtual classrooms. And then they went back. Well, so they were back until about November, if you remember, until mm-hmm. about Thanksgiving last year. Yep in 2020 and then thanksgiving things got shut down a bit until after the first of the year and well into january and i I think the decision wasn't made until mid-january was it somewhere somewhere around there where they they weren't coming back to school well i think it was or before that it was district you know a lot of I think we're all kind of probably thinking about different districts within the county, that, mm. uh, but I, I think that um, well, Richmond, know, there was a mixture for sure. So we had one school. It's not in our district. It's the next town over. Um, they stayed the whole year. They were in school the whole year. They never stopped going, but mm. they did like a hybrid. So half the class was there and the other half was home. And so. then they, they flip-flopped? Um, I don't remember if they flip-flopped, but they had great success. They didn't have an outbreak. They... They kept going and just adapted, so that was good. I think, you know, I may be wrong, but other than you know a few of the sports teams having some some issues, um, I, I'm not aware. Taconic was the only. Remember Taconic at the end of last year. I thought that they had a couple. The yeah. end of the end of the school year, yeah, they I mean, had a couple of groups. There's that, definitely some yep. some some positives here and there, but. Yep. Um, for, for the most part, they they held together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a job! It's been. It was. It was. It was an interesting. And we all thought it was. Run. We were going to be okay, and now we're back at it. <laughs> <laughs> Cross our fingers. We'll see oh, how this year goes. No, but it's uh, it's it's an adjustment. I mean, it's. So you know. with the with the new CDC recommendations, do you think um, that we're going to be opening up some of those? Uh, clinics again? I haven't heard anything. I, I have not heard anything on any uh, vaccination clinics again. Um, you know, there's there's the new guidance coming. Mm-hmm. You know, they're in um, a booster. They're they're thinking about a booster shot. So FDA approval. I mean, that's and, that's uh, a lot of booster know. shots. So there's a lot of like residual stuff in the news. You know, it's, but that's only booster shots for Pfizer. Right, it's not yeah, booster for, shots for Pfizer. For the Pfizer's, other one. Pfizer is the one that got FDA. Approved. And they're, yeah, and they're waiting. Right? They're yeah. waiting. I think know, it was a couple. I think it was a couple. Moderna's a couple weeks. Moderna's out. in the pipeline. Way. It's wait. You know, it's yeah. coming. Yeah. yeah. So, it is a lot of booster shots. Yeah. What if you got the Moderna one though? Can you get the? They Pfizer tell you not to. Shot? They tell you not to. That's what CDC was saying. What else we got? We're, we're not done with Farnham. Oh yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> he, he didn't get off that either. <laughs> so let's uh, let's rewind a little bit. Okay. You mentioned military. Yeah. Were you in the military? Uh, I was. I was in the National Guard, Army National Guard. Thank you. Six Thank years. You. Served uh, six years. Ooh, uh, deployment. Lots of drills. Where'd you go on deployment? Uh, Sinai Peninsula, Egypt. How long were you there for? Uh, I was nine months and then three months training up for it. Actually, four months training up for it. And what was your job? Uh, base defense. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. It was a good Thank time. You and what did you think of Egypt? Did you like it? Uh, did you get a no, little not really. time off? Or no, were you just. We did uh, yeah. the whole nine months, pretty much no breaks. 
I mean, you'd you'd work your you know eight hour shift and then but you never got a day off. And then uh, a lot of the times we would have. Um, I don't want to say like incoming because it wasn't incoming, but they had alarms and stuff going off. So you'd have to jump in the trucks, go to where you're designated to go to, and then nothing ever happened. Thank God. Yeah. But, right. Um, there were times where like the base got locked down and. So like alarms for like possible incoming. Yeah. Yeah. There was once where there was uh, snipers that were supposedly lined around the base. So we had a base, and then outside of our base, there were the Egyptian. They're not really bases. They were just basically big holes, with each one had about six hundred uh, Egyptians in it, and basically they were the first line of defense. The second line of defense were the Colombians, and they were up in the towers. And then we were if that got overran then we were the last line of defense so oh. i wouldn't go back but <laughs> it was good while it lasted uh, a lot of friendships made and good experience yeah. excellent when did you join up what how old were you i was 17 so right out of high school you just said i had to get a parent signature this is for me yeah <laughs> so was there anything that sticks out in your in your mind that any, any experience from you know your your time in the military that transfers over to law enforcement that you're uh, you know you're appreciative of uh, there's a lot of which law enforcement I understand it's not all weapons and guns and blah 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 but um, I was thankful to get familiarized with because I, I never shot any sort of firearm uh, up until the military. I didn't grow up around firearms. Um, so being 17 at basic training in Georgia was the first time I ever shot a gun. Um, so I was thankful for that, that I familiar, familiarized myself with that. And, and um, there's a lot of uh, yelling in the military too. So you kind of learn to be level-headed, um, pick your battles type thing. Uh, so that's another plus too. Because we get yelled at a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Here and there. Yeah. <laughs> so that's good. I mean, you know, firearms training, firearms proficiency, not always um, a skill that people take very easily to. Um, you know, different people have their, their, their strengths and weaknesses, and that we do have officers that it's really challenging for them to, you know, Initially qualify, yeah, learn, learn those skills, maintain their their qualifications. Um, you know, I can think of, you know, this isn't a knock on anybody, you know, but there there are officers that we have that when we do our annual firearms training, it's it's a challenge for them, and they don't necessarily look forward to the day, um, that that training day. So, you know, our firearms instructors have to spend a little extra time with them to, to you know make sure that they're. They get through the qualification first of all, but also that they have some level of comfort handling the firearm in the event that they they need to utilize it. Hopefully, that that doesn't happen. But you know, it, it's a skill that you know modern law enforcement needs to to be up on. So, I think a lot of police departments don't um, they don't they don't put <clears throat> put enough time into that either. Um, I can only name probably one police department that I can think of that has a range, accessible range that they can use, you know, whether it's inside of the police department or outside. Um, but I think that back in the day, it used to be more utilized that you could go out and shoot, and now it, it doesn't seem that from the police departments that I've dealt with um, that it's kind of underplayed a little bit. Well... Well, we used to have a range yeah. too. Yeah, that's and, uh, <laughs> well, and, there's, and I think there's numerous things yeah. that come to play with that. It's it's budgets. Oh yeah. You yeah. know, it's uh, staffing. It's Department you know, it's, uh, there's, there's, there's yeah. politics with yeah, that. Yeah, politics. But, uh, and that's yeah. You know, that's we've uh, you know, we had we had a range in our facility for for many years. Um, Down you know, in the basement. And due, due to numerous reasons, it was closed. You know, upkeep and expenses and repairs and things like that. Um, contamination issues because of lead, but. You know what sometimes people lose sight of is that 
it is a perishable skill. We're required by law, by statute, we're required to train every year to a certain standard. That's actually increasing with post. And, uh, you know, we are we are going to continue to train. We, we now have to be creative. We use alternative locations, you know, neighboring communities. So it's something we're always working on and always looking for a better way to get that accomplished. But right now we're we're kind of working with some of our neighboring communities to do the best we can to utilize their ranges when we can, and we, we adapt our schedule around their schedules. So it's a challenge. And, you know, firearms training is not just, you know, learning the to shoot a bullet through a hole. I mean, it, 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 it has very much to do with, you know, shoot, no shoot situations, um, transitioning to other uses of force, um, you know, being proficient also means, you know, being, um, what's the word, I guess, you know, being proficient in knowing when is a, a proper time yeah. to use your firearm. Yeah. Situational and, awareness. And, and yeah. to be able to, you know, de-escalate and try to, you know, get to the point where you're not using deadly force. You know, unfortunately, sometimes uh, police have to take that that action. But um, we're doing more and more training and um, education on other options and, and resolving situations. You yep. know, yep. in other ways. You know, right down to you know, Cap. You and I talked about a um, you know our our less lethal less than lethal options um that we've take uh that, that we train yeah and some that we've yeah. we've um you know purchased over the years training you know different uh training programs that are all about you know other options and de-escalation and and our co-responder program so that kind of it all comes into play yeah yeah the last thing any, anyone in our building you know especially our profession wants to do is use deadly force but you look like you say you look at the pittsfield police department we're we're now we now have online we use the uh tasers we've got the bowler wrap we've got uh less 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 lethal uh bean bags pepper ball uh, pepper ball launchers you know we've got tasers uh you know oc spray we've got a lot of other tools available to us because yeah. we want to try to have a peaceful resolution we want to have that successful outcome where everyone goes home at the end of the day and everyone's safe and and that you know that's our that's our number one goal so we spend a lot of time like you said it's not just firearms training on the range it's incorporating all those other skills it's it's mental health and first aid it's it's self-aid it's you know buddy aid taking care of an injured officer an injured you know civilian so there's a lot of additional training that gets kind of wrapped under that one umbrella plus 99 percent of the time you can talk someone down just by talking to them like yep. that's that's the biggest thing is Absolutely. that a lot of times people don't the the public that don't work obviously in law enforcement don't realize that a majority of the time you know I I don't want to put a statistic on it because I don't know but a, a majority of the time it's your voice talking someone out of whatever they're doing versus using like you said the bean bags or the tasers or the pepper ball or a majority of the time that's not even used. It's it's just you talking to them and them understanding kind of what's going on. Verbal judo, and that that yeah. circles back to what you were saying about the um, you know getting yelled at in the military. You know, it's basically being calm when somebody else is not, and trying to you know settle them down and talk to them normally, and and not just you know if somebody's yelling, just yelling right back. And learning to stay calm yourself. Yeah, it's hard you know? to yell at somebody yeah. that isn't yelling back at you. It, it really is. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yep. I've used that a couple of times, and I just kind of looked at him recently, and I'm just like, I'm like, listen, I'm standing right in front of you. I'm not sure why you're yelling at me. Well, you know, just do me a favor. Just will you take it down a notch because I can't, I can't entertain this right now, you know. And it's funny because they'll they'll look at you and like, is he serious? Like, is he telling me to, like, what? You know, so you kind of you kind of screw them up. It's like that OODA loop, right? So it's it's you're screwing up their OODA loop. Yeah. And uh, so it kind of takes them back for a second, and they they kind of well, I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to yell. Okay, you know, and then they start now ramping up again. Yeah, <laughs> and then they start ramping up again. I said, listen, we just had this, we just talked about it. Just bring it down a notch, yeah. you know. And 
you know, and like you said, if you, you're not going to yell when nobody else is yelling unless, you know, you're somebody that's used to yelling. But, yeah, so I've learned to use that a lot more recently. Yeah. Just, you know, you just get that calm. And it's hard in this job. We all know that. And, you know, the, the fuses tend to be short because we're hopping from call to call and, you know, the verbal abuse. And But you just kind of, if you take a breath in between, and I'm learning that from Kripalo, you know, take a breath in between those calls that you're going to, the hot calls, and you're just kind of grounding yourself. You have to take that minute yeah, to just... you do. Because, it, it, you know, I hate to say it. I mean, that's a lot of times that's when... You know, use of force issues it tend to come out, and you know when yeah. when you're ramped up, they're ramped up, and you know you're you're not thinking clearly. Nobody's thinking clearly, and you just kind of you know you you skip a couple of steps. Yeah, you know. Yep. So it's, yep. but, um, so back to Farnham. Yeah, Officer Farnham. Um, so I mean, you've, you've been here a month or so. One month. Right about a, a little, month. A little over a month. So, what 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 do you hope to do within the department? Any any units or any direction that you want to kind of? You, well, you've I'm hoping right now of... to get off uh, FCO. <laughs> well, <laughs> as, he, as he's giving me that look. That, uh, listen, you're looking at me, but I don't I don't yeah, choose that. He's path. not he's you, not making that call. You control your own future. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> after, no, it's, after uh, that, is there any division or unit or um, specialized assignment that has piqued your interest so far? That besides uh, the radio show. Probably the. Um, I know he's probably the, like the happiest person I've ever seen come in it, here. It's a little different having yeah. him than having like. He's like, the, let's go! And like, oh my gosh! When, the, when they come out of the academy, they're like a week out and they're sitting here. It's a little different. <laughs> they're like a specialized position for the for the radio talk show. Yeah. <laughs> I can make that happen. Yeah. Um, no, I was thinking. Um, what is it? It's not gang. What do you guys call it? The, anti-crimes. Uh, anti-crime. 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 Yeah, the street crimes? Yeah, that or uh, drug unit. Um, that sort of stuff interests me. I wanted to be a detective when I first became a police officer, but uh, it's a lot of paperwork. That's a lot of paperwork. Yeah. Which I'm, you know, it's a lot of paperwork as a patrolman, too, but more and more. Yeah. I definitely want to do something other than, you know, in Abington, I didn't have that opportunity. We had patrolman, supervisor, and then right before I left, we got... Detect, we have one detective and then a detective sergeant. So I didn't really have that opportunity to get into that. Yeah. But I think it'd be cool just kind of, you know. And, and that's the nice thing of being in a bigger agency is there's a lot of lot of opportunity. You know, I, I know Darren can speak to that too, but coming from a smaller agency, you really don't have a lot of opportunity to specialize or, or move into different areas or advance. Um, you know, but you had to do it all. Unless, and, but you did have to do it all. So when you work in that small agency, you are the detective. You may, you know, if you're the one officer working, you're the shift supervisor. You're the only officer on. You're the detective. You're the, you're the animal chief. control officer. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're the, chief, yeah, you're the yeah. jack of all trades. And so, sometimes you're a part timer. And that right? may be as a yeah. part time officer. Yeah. 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 So not anymore coming up, but. Yep. Yeah. But uh, you know that that is the plus of the bigger agency. There's some room to specialize and advance and. You know, I always ask new people that. What you know, where do you see yourself in three years or five years? You know, that that's kind of falls under my umbrella to make sure I'm teaching you or getting you the training you need to build your skill set and get ready to advance. Because let's face it, we're we're all we all have a, a an end date in this job, so we should be continuously training and refining our processes and training up our replacements. Now, you you have an education? So, uh, I'm working on it. Uh, uh, which one? Bachelors. Bachelors. Yeah. Okay, so you have an associate's in criminal so justice? Technically not. Oh, oh, that's right. We talked yeah, about we this. Yeah, we did talk yes. about this. Yeah. Yes. So I have <laughs> 50 something credits, but I'm in a bachelor's program. So technically, I have enough credits for an associate's, but I don't have the associate's. Yep. Gotcha. And what school so. are you going to currently? Um, so I was going to UMass Boston, and then the whole um, lateral kind of screwed that up. I was supposed to go, so I would have been enrolled right now. Um, but I kind of put that off to come back here. And then I did the same thing when I was on FTO in Abington is that I didn't do school. Took a break. Yep, just so I could focus on sure. the job rather than focus yep. on the job and then go home and then do three hours of homework while, you know, dealing with everything else too. So well, just, like you know, like we talked about, there's plenty of guys that are in the PD that are still, you know, although I'm not going any farther, there's, you know, we Kara, have pl- Kara plenty, Kara of guys, there's, plenty of guys you know, and girls are, that are both... 
in school currently you know, the, yeah. you know taking taking maybe one class at a time even not overloading their workload you know working on a bachelor's a master's uh you know associates but uh you know you kind of adjust that workload as you go yeah darren do you want to talk about why you're not going to school for your master's or? yeah because it's a lot of work for five percent to get to my bachelor's and then go to my master's but I don't think I'll have enough time left in my career to do all that. Oh, you're going to be around a long time, Darren. No. Don't, uh, 12 years. Don't cut yourself I, oh, short. Come on. I was in 12 years. I was doing my master's with, with officers that had like oh. three years left. No, no interest. For the rest of your life. No what? interest. That's all right. That's all right. I'm building up now for the rest of my life. <laughs> so so you had the move. You had the, the, the job change. Anything else big coming up? Just getting married. Uh, getting married, buying a house. Closing on the thirtieth for the house. Uh, so he's busy. How all sorts? Of, how'd you have time to come here today? <laughs> I don't know. I just uh, and you're working at four, right? Working at four. Yeah. So it's three o'clock, almost three o'clock now. You got to be to work in an hour. We yeah. appreciate you coming though. Yeah. Well, course. when this is airing, it'll actually be about nine fifty-five in the morning, so we don't want to throw everybody off. Well, with that uh, couple minutes left, do you want to anything you want to touch base on? Operation Copsicle, yeah, that's been out that. uh, quite a bit. Um, we've had some uh, other interested uh, officers within the department have taken it out, so that's so that's uh, that's been good. It's been getting out more and more. Um, I think the next event coming up, it's going to go out Thursday uh, for the freshman orientation at Taconic, I believe. So. And it's and it's been out. Uh, I think it was in Adams. Adams. Adams PD over the weekend. It. Chicopee uh, too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been yeah. the Chicopee. I, I know Chicopee used it because they got. Uh, there's no Easy Pass transponder, and I got a ticket in the mail for it yesterday. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I know Chicopee used it. And, Did uh, you? Well, you probably got a ticket in the mail for me going to the academy too. So. Yes, I did. I got two of them. Why so. did they send you a ticket? Shouldn't it just be a bill? Well, they sent. It's a bill. It's a. It's a Easy Pass fine yeah. for not having a transponder. So the yeah. academy to go to. Uh, the Stick Academy, Springfield. You took the cop school truck there? Yeah, yeah, part of APP. So, yeah. they, so they give out ice cream at the academy now? Is it? They're, so, they're softening up. They no never comment. did that one. I they, cannot comment. They never did that when I was there. I don't know about you, LT. It was part of the scenario, I can tell you That's that. That's kind of cool, though. Yeah, no. yeah had, that was fun. I had too many turkey sandwiches to even think about ice cream. Oh. See, <laughs> Lieutenant Traverse and I never had ice cream Listen, offered us at I the got what Nikki says to me. We're, you know, we're there, and she says, now everybody knows nobody is taking anything while they're doing the training. They can have something at lunchtime. I said, okay. I said, so you're saying that nobody, you're saying that I can't convince anybody? No, you can't. So that okay. was Darren's mission was to convince somebody. Oh, yeah, we got somebody. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of saying, hey, what would you like? I just, I just said, um, hey, um, this is what we got. Um, everybody else is picking this, and if you want this. And he did. He brought it back. It was a popsicle, and he brought it back, and oh, man. <laughs> didn't, didn't go well for him, I'm sure. <laughs> I looked oh, at Nikki, man. and I said, see? <laughs> Um, And then uh, it's going to go to Southwick in September for a veterans um, fundraiser. Um, Yeah, we've got some more events coming up. Um, Unfortunately, we didn't get to do any movie nights this summer. Uh, Summer went by quick, and it was raining. But hopefully we'll be back to normal next year. Officer McDonald has been, you know, involved in helping Mm. us with the schedule and taking in the requests and she and I were brainstorming the other day, and uh, we're, we're going to come up with a little more of a defined process for the requests and everything. Because, you know, for our viewers and listeners, we get a lot of requests for the Copsicle, you know, various events, and we can't necessarily fulfill them all. We're, we're kind of at the mercy of our staffing and, and what officers can do, because it's all overtime. We have to, you know, grab officers when they're on you know, off their regular yeah. shifts and, and are willing to come in and, and staff it. So it's nothing that we can do with, with our, our regular staffing. Yep. I'm getting uh, married at 4 o'clock. Maybe you could bring that up to the to What the day? Is what day? October 2nd. Maybe. All right. So for your listeners, you, you uh, is everybody in a, invited? Yeah. <laughs> he, he may have to work that Don't, day. He I doesn't would, know that I yet. wouldn't uh, give the location out. <laughs> you, uh, you can put in an official request with an email, yep. too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lieutenant Traversa. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right, we have like 
30 seconds left. Uh, yep. You want to give the uh, the handles? or All right. Uh, so, again, you're listening to PPD On Patrol, uh, WTBR 89.7 FM, Pittsfield Community Radio. We appreciate their assistance, um, their weekly assistance, uh, to be able to get the word out of what we're doing and anything in the future. That's it. All right. We are uh, 10-8. We will see you with oh, a new yeah. episode uh, in September. Where's the out going? Where's or the, the outro? Or the 30th. We need the outro. <laughs> there it is.